You're listening to Moral Compass Podcast. Now let's start the show. Thank you for tuning in to the show. I'm your host, Jonika Stowes. Today's guest runs a children's theater company along with a beauty pageant out of Las Vegas, Nevada. She is Janice Black Harris. Please welcome her to the show. So um, you were just telling me that you've won beauty pageants? I didn't know you participated. Yeah, I've been doing pageantry since I was 16 and now I just made 36 (laughs) on um, Sunday. And so pageantry has been like a huge part of my life. What's funny is to get into the first one, I did Miss Illinois Teen USA. So that's when Trump was over pageants and all that. Really? Yeah. I Mm -hmm. um, forged my mom's signature to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was pretty awesome. She loves when I tell that story. Um, But no, it was funny. I got a a talent scout saw me at a mall. Uh Uh-huh. She actually had ever tried it. And I was like, no, I don't even know anything about it. And I was 16 and... She just threw me into it. And I mean, it was a world of a lot of that I've never known, but a lot of what I've grown with over the time with pageantry is finding women who've become sisters like that to me, have become mentors, um, who have supported me through pregnancies, through my first book, through my getting my teaching license from becoming a mother. So they've known me for 20 plus years, like a lot of the women that I've grown up with in pageantry. So it's been a really great support system, if nothing else. And then I started directing pageants out here. So I actually okay. hosted a pageant um, at the school and I've hosted some pageants mm-hmm. around the city. And so mm-hmm. it's been really fun. You said that you mentioned a book. What's the book title and where can we find it? I love it. So the book is I Want My Children to Fail. And um, I would be telling you a story if I could sell you. It's still available on like Amazon and all these platforms because mm-hmm. When I wrote it, I don't think I went into it with the thought process of like, oh, I want to publish it all over the place. So I self-published it and it's kind of like you can buy it through an independent link and everything. Mm -hmm. But what's really cool is you can download it or you can now I've just been giving out the book for free. So I do education conferences all over the country. Okay. And I pretty much give it out as a QR code at the end of my sessions. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool. It was written when my son was five and Mm -hmm. I want my children to fail is really taken from the preface about having your children have an opportunity to try life for themselves, but also to have them try things that are challenging younger so that they learn how to fail with grace Mm -hmm. and then how they expect failure and, but how you rise from failure. So they don't become Mm -hmm. like the 22 year old who experiences failure for the first time and doesn't know how to like really navigate it in a healthy way. Yeah. Knows how to deal with it by that age. Yeah. How old's your son right now? He's 13. And when I took the, (laughs) when I wrote the book, he was five. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is I think about an opportunity. I didn't try sushi until I was 30 years old. Mm. And so when we moved out here, he was five and he really wanted to try sushi. And in my mind, I'm like, son, you're going to hate it. Like, no, it's going to be horrible. (laughs) You know? Right. So we went to the buffet at Red Rock at the time and he got like this platter of different sushis Uh and he was just popping it down. And I'm sitting there thinking he's going to like gag or throw up or whatever, or like spit it out. He's like, no, mom, it's good. Uh And so that's what really made me think about the book. When I think about 
children having a palette of life that is their own and how we as parents, we really want to like shield them or protect them or like, I don't want you to experience this pain because I experienced it. And that's like, right. oh, well, no. I mean, even if he didn't like sushi, I needed to let that be his experience. And so that's where the book kind of came from. So he was trying sushi at five years old. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he must be an extreme kid. Like, does he do a lot of different things, unusual things? Kenneth has always been, I think, well beyond his years. And so he's a very mature little person. Um, he had to be, I think. I mean, I had him at 23, so it wasn't like I was super young or super right. old. Yeah. I had my own car at that time. I had my own place. So it was, you know, I was living as an adult. But uh-huh. um, he went through a lot of life with me. And so he okay. um, had to kind of just grow into a space where he could advocate a lot for himself. And I'm like a mm-hmm. wordsmith. I'm like a word junkie. So it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I love vocabulary and spelling. And I'm a huge nerd when it comes to words. Yeah. And so he adopted that mentality. Mm-hmm. And so even now, Kenneth is a great writer. He's a great speaker. Um, he was chosen to do his fifth grade, um, like, valedictorian speech there. Um, he's been in plays. He's been in commercials. He actually has a really natural talent for acting. He's been in musicals. Okay. Um, he just won't pursue it, perf- like, seriously. So he'll mm. say, oh, Mom, I'll do it if you, you know. I'll go and do it. I'll go and do it. But he can learn lines, like... Nobody's like busy, huh? yeah. Like, he doesn't even try hard. And he did the spelling bee that's here every year, um, yeah. like in third and fourth grade, the Native Sun spelling bee. Okay. Did not study and got, like, third place one year and fourth place the next. And wow. I mean, and that's out of a lot of kids. Like, yeah. that's, that's a, that was right, only, like, 100 plus kids. 100? <laughs> yeah, like, okay. the, that final round that's actually in the library is, like, near 100. But yeah. prior to that, it's, like, kids that have to go through rounds all over the city so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool he's a, a really fun guy he right now he likes track and he likes basketball and he likes math and so okay he likes math he is good at writing he just doesn't like the process mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah yeah so what made you move out here to las vegas nevada it was hot <laughs> it's because i could not stand chicago <laughs> winter <laughs> I was over it. I moved in 2014 with the snowpocalypse came. Yes. Because Kenneth and I were together. We were in a basement apartment and it froze over. So like the back door to get out was completely frozen. We could not get out of our back door. So like to get the trash out the house, I had to go around the front and like do the alley and the gangways, you know, that are still in cities, you know, so... It was really annoying. And then, like, you know, you had to, like, hold a spot with a chair, and then you would get into, like, really, like, bad altercations with people in the winter. Right. And I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. And then you still had to get to work on time. You still had to, you know. That's right. You had to get up two hours early to get the car heated up. Like, all of that was just tiring on my whole soul. And, Uh like, I'm anemic. So when it's cold, I get super cold. It, like, hurts. Yes. So I was like, I can't do the cold anymore. Mm -hmm. So I just told my mom one day, I'm going to move. And she's like, I was like, "Mm, somewhere where it's hot and where I can teach. That's all I knew. I knew nobody here. Mm -hmm. I just packed up whatever me and Kenneth could own and put it in a new truck Mm -hmm. that I bought. And I drove across the country. Like, I was like, this is it. I'm out. Yeah. That's wonderful. Great story. So what, what made you start a children's theater company? So I've always loved theater. Like, so growing up, I'm kind of remembering of where my son is now. Like, I mean, even since I was like five years old, I used to sing in children's choir. And I used to sing in choirs all over the city in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with that church space. But then it was like in school, I got chosen to do a musical for the Wisconsin Cheese Company. And so my mom makes me this huge cheese 
felt costume and I have a cheese hat <laughs> from Wisconsin. Mind you, we're in Chicago and yeah. you know, the bears and green backers, whatever. But I'm singing I'm so cheesy, like a rendition of it, and I am having a ball on stage. And I'm like, mm. this is the f- most fantastic feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like seven. <laughs> and so then from there I get to I write my first play. I'm in fourth grade at the time. And I wanted to reconstruct the Mayflower and the Pilgrims, <laughs> the Native wow. Americans. And so Wonderful. I'm up at like six o'clock in the morning constructing a boat out of like huge rows of like cardboard that I cut yeah. at the school. Yeah. I've always been that person. And mm-hmm. so I grew up with a love of theater, an appreciation for it. I took fine arts in school. I have a humanities um, undergrad degree. Like my minor was in humanities. And so okay. always have loved it. So by the time I got here... I had an opportunity to do Disney musicals in schools. And so when I got an opportunity Mm. to do that, I kind of just like ran with it. So I was always connected to schools, being able to host a theater program. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I loved it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I've done Lion King and Aladdin and Cinderella and 101 Dalmatians. Mm. And it's just been Annie was my most recent one, Annie Jr. And so... Doing that, I also had my business license. And so my business license was always in entertainment and pageantry and talent shows and things like that. Okay. So I just added the fabric of theater, especially children's theater, because it's just so much fun to see these children work in these different groups together. You see children who may never speak in school become out of their shell. Like I had a student that was um, on the spectrum and, you know, he wanted to do this play, though. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was... Uh, just a natural talent at it. He came alive when he stepped on the stage. It was like mm, he was mm-hmm. able to be comfortable in this space and be someone else. And yeah. it was fantastic. And so seeing the growth of children that I've kept in touch with, I mean, I've been in Vegas now for seven years. So mm-hmm. kids that I started with year one, I still follow their friends and family. Their parents still tell me about things that they do that still are like, hey, they started theater and they're still doing this. Oh, that's great. Um, and it's really amazing because yeah. they start, got it, that start with me. And so mm-hmm. um, I tell the kids all the time, I'm like, yeah, can I get an autograph? Because I'm just going to hold on to the booklet <laughs> of these things right. so y'all can remember me when y'all make it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at one time I wanted to pursue acting professionally. I actually got invited to do um, Deaf Poetry Slam when I used to be in New York when yeah. I was um, like right as a young adult, so like 1920. Okay. But my mom was like, you're not going to New York, you're not doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but I did get to go represent Chicago in the National Louder Than a Bomb contest. Mm. And so coming out of Chicago, you just grew up with that poetry vibe and yes. like, you know, the, the yeah. spoken word. Oh my God, I used to tour mm-hmm. all over the city doing it with some iconic poets. Yeah. And so that has always just been in the fabric of who I am. I still write mm-hmm. poetry now. I actually won my last talent competition. I won doing an open mic, like a original piece. So it's really mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. So you were just used to the stage. Yeah. <laughs> used to being on stage. And do you ever get stage fright? You know what? I did this last time because I hadn't done original pieces in a really long time. And I'm recovering from having another baby (laughs) 13 years later. (laughs) So um, because of that recovery has been a little slow in the process, you know, I'm used to wearing heels and doing all this all the time. I have to think about the center of gravity that I have, and it's really weird. And so I was kind of scared of it at that point because I was like, Mm. I don't know how my body's going to hold up or if I'm going to remember my lines or like... That was the one time in a long time that I've actually got stage fright. Other times, I just get excited. I'm like, that's my home. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ready to go, huh? Yes. Yeah. So um, back to your beauty pageants, you talked about how you got started, you know, at 16 years old and, and all of that. Um, can you speak about the rigor or the routine of being in what it takes to be in beauty pageants? I'm so glad you asked me that because I think the assumption is you just wake up and you look like this, you know, it's like, I just wake up, I'm flawless. Like, no, you know what, honestly, what I've learned about pageantry over the years and the one reason why I want to become a director and I hold my own systems now is because it's all about community service. Like mm -hmm. my pageant girls and I, we go out and we crush it. When I mean, we do giveaways, we do book drives, we do, you know, feeding the homeless, we do anything yeah. that somebody could have as an idea. You find some pageant girls, we jumping on and we're going to really see it to its fruition. Uh -huh. And that's what I love about my pageant women that I've gotten to meet over the years. It's just, mm -hmm. we work in yeah. the community and we understand that the crown means to serve, not to be seen. Mm. Um, and so you have systems of women that can use it for their own vanity purposes, but the ones yeah. that I've connected to and the women that I've grown with and the girls that I train in it, because I do training in pageants, mm -hmm. um, it's really about that. It's also about public speaking and leadership. That's right. So yeah. it's really about understanding how do you go in and ace a resume and interview mm -hmm. being a pageant girl? Um, how do you lead in with a business idea and knowing it comes from pageantry? Let me be honest. Now, say what you say about Trump as a president. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. But I learned about business from him. Exactly. Definitely worked. Yep. I totally still use things that I learned from meeting Trump at yes. 17 years old mm -hmm. that I apply to my business now because he understood marketing. He understood an audience. He understood That's how right. to, you know. Now, all those other things, I don't, you know, I'm not a Trump person. I don't really care. It's one way or the other, to be honest, it's not here to debate that, but it's more so like take what you can from an experience. That's right. And then if you utilize it for the right and for the good, yeah. then it will, you know, it will really come, come around. So. Everybody has something to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you do got to teach girls how to walk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the modeling piece of it is also huge. So honestly, runway modeling, it's completely different than pageant modeling. Mm. And so you will have, and then even runway is different depending on if you're European or American. And okay. so some has more bounce, some has hips, some more has, yes. you know, more straight back, you know. Um, you, I was in a lot of physical fitness when it came to pageantry. When I did it all the time, I had a personal trainer. Like I was a lot more aware of my body. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to now, I just eat what I want. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> the babies, you know. <laughs> you know, babies and chocolate. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was really adamant as far as like all of those things go. So, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you just... You maintained a really good schedule. You kept in touch and in circles of really positive people, too. So yes. it was yeah. really great. And then, too, they would follow your social media. So you would not be able to allow to do pageantry if you had, like, naked pictures of yourself online or if you had pictures of you drinking, like, any yeah. of that type of stuff. You had to really maintain a very positive social image as well. And that's way before. Oh, that's good. Facebook and Instagram were as big right. as they are now. Uh -huh. They were like, let me find one picture in a magazine of you being a Playboy right. bunny. It's a wrap. You uh -huh. know, so you had to really be cognizant of the social image you were putting out. Okay. And, and what's the youngest age that you um, have for beauty pageants? My babies go down to four years old. So I train girls as young as four and I go up to women as old as 99. Okay. And it's all sizes. What I love, okay, so the pageant that I've created, um, I have two. 
three uh-huh. now, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, so the one coming up next is the Miss Legendary Worldwide competition. So it's my first time being a director for an international group of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also did the Historic Legacy pageant this past February as well. And so really what I'm looking for is uh, women that embody the idea of the crown um, before they even have it, right? So mm-hmm. then I have judges that can come from all over the world, which is exciting. So I know women from everywhere. Um, I was um, the top 10 runner up in the Mrs. Earth competition. I was Mrs. North America. Okay. And that's been an amazing experience being able to kind of like globally stretch myself and kind of connect to all these different mediums. And then thankfully COVID gave us an idea to figure out how to connect even more because that's we right. couldn't. And yeah, so it was like, could. okay, we're going to yep. figure this out, you know. Mm-hmm. But having all of that, it made me kind of streamline some of my business ideas and some of the resources I needed and all of that. To go, okay, okay, we can still host this, yeah, even if we're in a virtual setting. So, but um, it's been amazing. Like, I mean, I do all sizes, all cultures, backgrounds, yeah, you know, and right. all ages, and it's really fun. Like, I get to learn more. I think about women and different cultures and yeah. than anything from pageantry. Where was the February one held at, and where will the next one be held at? The February one was held at the Bartlett Church. So it was 1072 West Bartlett um, in our community, you know. And then um, the next one will be held at the, not Alexis Park, the Tuscany. So it will be held at the Tuscany on August 22nd of 2022. Okay. All right. And you can go and log in and register and find out more information at www.blackqueenproductions.org So you talked about your beauty pageants. What financial toll, what's the financial toll that it takes on families? Is it like football? Like it, is <laughs> yes. it like another sport? It is. Um, pageantry can be very expensive. Honestly, when I started in the 90s, even then, my entry fee was like $1,000, and that was a lot for then. So imagine that same right. entry fee now is about double that amount. Yes. From like Miss America, things like that. Those entry fees can come up to be 2500 up to $5,000. Yeah. Um, it's a double-folded sword. So honestly, you can do what I learned from pageantry is sponsorship and fundraising. I learned how to ask the people who love me to mm-hmm. help support my dream and vision. Yes. So I got corporate sponsors before as well. So, you know, okay. there's been different like law firms and boutiques and my doctors, things like that yeah. happen. Like, hey, we believe in you. Go for the crown, you know. Uh-huh. Past that, you can also learn how to kind of like... Um, Really kind of, like you said, just like be in the community and, and, and put the word out there. And then otherwise, then yeah, it can kind of be an expensive venture. That's why for me, I've tried to find a middle ground between being able to host an event where I'm not like bleeding money out my ears, but right. also to make it affordable because mm-hmm. I did not see and still too, there's underrepresentation of African-American women in pageantry. Mm-hmm. This last three years, you've seen like the Miss Black America and, you know, we had like those four women that were able to represent those four iconic systems. Yeah. But this is after like 60, 70, almost 40 plus years of being underrepresented. Mm -hmm. And even when you have one now that wins, that's still out of hundreds of systems where you won't see somebody who looks like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those are on the larger stages. So if I don't even have money... (laughs) 
to put into me going for Miss World, yeah. then I'm never going to get that platform. I want to be represented at my local level. I want to mm-hmm. see a tangible role model. Mm-hmm. That's really why I wanted to do pageantry where, you know, you could show up to an event or a library yeah. with your crown and sash on a girl be like, oh, wow, she looks like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you can be in the community and be able to be accessible. So mm-hmm. um, my pageants are going to be, A, one of the most affordable, but then you also get a lot of experience. So you don't necessarily get training with any pageant that you sign up for. It's okay. like you they expect you to show up and know what you're doing. Oh, okay. So if you don't, you just kind of look real foolish. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so you have a lot of people like, I want to do it, but they don't know where to start. So that's why I think my pageant systems are a really great starting place. Okay. And I tell anybody, like, there still is fair. So it's for a first-time pageant girl or it's for the veteran pageant experience. Yes. I'm going to give you everything that I know I would want in a pageant experience from the things that I took away that were really great and really exciting. Uh-huh. The sisterhood, the camaraderie, all of that good stuff. Uh-huh. And then you're still going to have a really good competition. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, with your beauty pageants, um, how much would you say a year um, for to be the top? So if you're starting out, let's say uh, as a sixth grader. Mm-hmm. And um, you're starting out with beauty pageants and you're trying to get your parents to fund it or the church to fund it Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, fundraisers, all of that. Yeah. Would it be like 20,000 a year or 15? No, I don't. If you start to spend that much, then I think you've been doing pageantry a while, to be honest. I would start somewhere, honestly, if you could reserve somewhere near 2500 you can okay. do very well. Let me be honest. I have won pageants yes. with dresses I found from a thrift store. Yes. I will go to mm-hmm. a consignment store. I will, you know, and I tell people that. I'm like, listen, well, I'm about to go pay $1,500 for that dress right. when I could go down there to rent my runway yes. and spend 120 You know, so there's ways to do it to be economically feasible. Okay. I never tell people to like, oh, you need to have, you know, like you said, $15,000. Girl, listen, yeah. that's half of my car note from right. <laughs> the whole time of the lease of the car. So yeah. I'm very honest and very realistic. Now, if you have it, listen, yes, there is some really great places to do good headshots, like, you know, to invest in good jewelry, to invest in great undergarments. Like, if you have it, I definitely know where you could get top quality things from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things could be altered and made. When you have specific tailor-made outfits of choice in pageantry, you're always Mm going to have your leg up on the girl that has something off the rack. Mm -hmm. But it's really about how you work it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, (laughs) I mean, like, honestly, this dress that I got on now... Who knows how long it's been in my family, but we work it every time, every time. So, so can you talk a little bit about the the type of career paths that it could lead to? Oh, absolutely. You know what's great too? Pageantry, they have scholarship pageants. So um, they have a lot for um, Miss Junior Teen, like, you know, Teen High School Sweetheart, like all these different, especially like within that teenager middle school range okay that offers scholarships and ultimately i would love to offer scholarship with one of mine so i'm uh-huh. kind of working that out okay um but those are really great ways to go as far as career paths it's really based off of where you want the leadership to go a lot of women that go into pageantry end up in journalism they end up in broadcast they end up either as actors singers you know somewhere on stage um and then they also just end up as lawyers i know the lady that just won the pageant i was in this summer she's a a veteran war pilot that works at the Pentagon, you know? 
So it's like, and she's beautiful, you mm-hmm. know? It's just like, mm-hmm. it's really whatever experience choice you want. I think Patrick gives you the leverage on how to promote yourself and walk with confidence. So mm-hmm. you could walk into any room, any boardroom, any courtroom, anything, you know, and just and just own it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, is there, where can we find you? What's your website? Yay. All of your social media. Definitely find me on Facebook. I am an open book. I've, literally, it's not anything in there that's crazy. So you can find me at Janice Black Harris. On Facebook, Janice is spelled J-E-N-N-E-C-E. And then Black Like the Color dash Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. You can find me on Instagram at Miss M-S Janice Black, J-E-N-N-E-C-E, and Black Like the Color. I am on, I'm missing something. <laughs> on Instagram, my website. Twitter. Oh, but I don't even remember my Twitter because I barely use it. I, okay. I'm so bad. <laughs> um, but my website is www.blackqueenproductions.org. Um, but those are the best, the best ways. You can honestly email me. <laughs> email mm-hmm. me at NevadaDirector yeah. at gmail.com or at LegacyArtsDirector at gmail.com. Those are going to be the quickest ways to get me probably. So emails, Facebook, anything. Mm-hmm. I accept so many friend requests. I probably shouldn't. But, you know, when people start acting weird, I just block them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's right. We all do. Um, <laughs> your children's theater. Um how would a student or an elementary student get involved in the theater? Absolutely. You can go into my website and you can leave an interest form or use the email. Um, the next round of like auditions and all that great stuff will probably be around spring break. That's when I did it last year and it kind of worked out well as far as time frame. We're thinking about doing you The Little Mermaid of Beauty and the Beast next. So we just okay. did Annie Jr. So there's pictures mm-hmm. there. You can also find um, Las Vegas Legacy Performing Arts Group. No, Center, sorry, on Facebook as well. That has a lot of pictures. But my personal Facebook has a lot of pictures as well. So you can see some of my past, all the past greatness that we've done. Yes. Um, so, yeah, if anybody's interested, they can just send me an email and then kind of get put into a mailing list and then, once all of those things get updated, um, actually over the holidays is when we're working together, me and the team. What I love about my team is that they are all, all pageant women. <laughs> so they've yeah, either done my yeah. pageants or I've met them through pageants. Right. So, okay. um, so once me and the team get together and kind of work out our calendar for next year and kind of iron out all of those kinks, then we'll have all the dates posted probably by the first of the year. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Janice Black-Harris, everyone. Thank you for listening to Moral Compass Podcast with your host, Jonika Stowes.